0: by P4P Muscle Productions and Entertainment, the number one drug-free athlete sponsorship foundation in the world. Now, I want you to grab a friend, turn the volume up a bit, lean in, and listen to the show where all the athletes want to talk. Fit Talk with Melinda Corsino. Hello, everyone, on this amazing Sunday morning. Thank you guys for tuning in to Sit Talk with Melinda. As always, this show is brought to you by P4P Muscle, the number one drug-free sponsorship in the world. If you're interested in learning more about the drug-free lifestyle or seeing anything they have to offer, check them out at www.p4pmuscle.com. the <laughs> code M-E- oh, M-E-L-I-N-D-A for anything that you see on their website that you'd like to try. Today, just like I did last year around this time, we're going to do a USAPL Raw Nationals recap.
1: This year, I
0: have a different host. Last year, I had the puking deadlift girl, Brianna. Uh, she was awesome. And, and this year, we're going a different direction. And I have Nick. And I'm not even going it, to, it, his name is Nick, and his last name. I am going to screw up if I do it because I want to pronounce it differently. But I am excited to have him on. Uh, He's a 105-kilogram prime time time lifter. He's also
1: an independent
0: performance consultant, nutritionist, personal trainer, and powerlifting coach. Um, I have known him for a few years now, but recently have been able to get a workout in with him before we both went out to Raw nationals. Uh, He's doing some excellent coaching of, of kids in powerlifting in the New Hampshire area as well. So I'm excited to bring him on and chat with him about not only his recap of raw nationals, but also he was coaching some athletes out there as well. So I want to get his take on some amazing moments he had with his athletes. So I'm going to turn it over to Nick and let him introduce himself. Hi, Nick. Hello. Nick, Nick. Nick. Hello. You want to yeah, give us a here. quick introduction?
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me, Melinda. Uh, my name is Nick Gideas, and, uh, uh, everything that you said, uh, I'm a personal trainer and nutritionist and powerlifting coach. Um, from Southern New Hampshire and Ashwaq area, and yeah, I competed at Raw Nationals, and I also coached at Raw Nationals, so I got to experience it a couple different ways.
0: So let's let's start off with you. Uh, you were prime time lifter this year. You placed, which is
1: awesome. Yeah, that's right. How did yeah
0: yeah How did your meet go? Like, you had I know you had certain expectations going in. Uh, I know you had very good results. So do you want to talk to us about personally,
1: how Raw Nationals went for you this year. Sure. Um, I've been qualified for Nationals for a few years, but um, never really made the jump to go. Um, I've been working with uh, a coach and consultant myself, Annie really from the Strength Athlete, and we, I've been working with him for about a year. Uh, those guys have been great. Um, over the last year, we made such great progress together that, you know, this was the year to go to nationals and um, we got ourselves in a position to be very competitive for placement and, you know, on a national level. So going down to nationals, we figured, you know, on a good day or actually a great day, I could finish very high after some outstanding athletes who compete on the world level. Uh, And on an average day, you know, I could still, still finish in the middle of the tax So expectations were to just go and, um, like any other meet, set some small personal records and go nine for nine, make all my lifts. And um, the one reach that was potentially there was to attempt the American bench press record, um, and uh, that, that's pretty much what our goals were. Um, but going into it, you know, every meet you have to you have to have a specific strategy for that day based on how you are performing that day. And um, we didn't attempt the, the bench press record. We came down a little bit to make sure that I could actually make the lift. I just wasn't ready for it, and um, I did end up going nine for nine and PR'd on all of my lifts, and ended up finishing fourth. So it was a pretty pretty awesome day for me.
0: I watched all your videos. Whoever was filming in the audience was putting everything up on Instagram, so it was great cuz I had the lead before you started lifting, but I was definitely following along and watching everything along the way. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, and yeah, and uh, going 9 for 9 especially is a is a fantastic goal. It's one thing that I have never done, but 8 for 9 is usually usually what I hit in comps, but I'll get there eventually. Uh how how was your experience with your athletes that you had? Uh, you had, I think, female and male athletes there. And uh, What weight yep. classes were um, they in and uh, any highlights for them?
1: Yeah, so I uh, going down as an athlete, you know, I love to compete. I've been competing in powerlifting for over 10 years now, and um, I've only started, you know, coaching really seriously over the last, you know, four or five years, and um, my athlete that I went down to Nationals with Megan Scanlon is a 138 pound lifter from uh, Massachusetts and we've made awesome, awesome progress this year uh, with her lifts. She's a freak really, like in a good way Um, and when we first started working together, we knew that she was kind of in the same situation as me, just waiting to make that big jump to go to Nationals and, and really perform, so she made Uh, the primetime lineup um, with her total that she did in uh, June or July. I can't remember exactly which that meet was, but she had uh, taken what was then an American record in the squat. That's by far her best lift. Um, And it was unofficial because it was at like a local level meet. So there weren't um, the appropriate judges there to... um, authorize her taking an uh, American record, but she she did it, and she was competing against um, one other uh, lifter for that record, really, and she came into nationals, placed fifth, and, you know, if everybody made improvements, and us too, uh, we wanted to finish at least fifth or higher, and uh, she ended up going eight for nine. We were really selective with her attempts, and She did break the American record, which at the moment was held by Kristen Dunsmore, the athlete who finished third, um, and she missed an attempt on chipping or beating her own record by a little bit. Um, So that left the door open for us to really blow the record away, and uh, Meg went in and beat it by about 20 pounds um, fairly easily. So we're really excited about that. Um, and she had a huge PR on deadlift um, that let us secure a fifth-place podium finish for her. So that, that, you know, even more than my own performance, it was really um, amazing to be a part of that experience as a coach and to, you know, see somebody else realize their goals and be a part of that process. And so I'm super proud of her, and um, we're looking ahead to her next competition and hopefully you know, over the next year get her in a better position for a higher placement next year.
0: Okay. I, I saw your post on that too um, and it's very cool uh, seeing someone locally like in the New England area being able to do that. There's, um, In addition to her there's also a, a fantastic uh, lifter Christina also from Massachusetts who's a 57 kilogram lifter uh, that placed this year in prime time for that so it's cool seeing seeing people in the area um, do some do some awesome things because when you're at a national level, it's it's everyone you know it's everyone across the U S yeah. that some of them compete globally. So awesome for New England. What um do you yeah, well, other even other beyond things? that, you know, yes. New England
1: tends to be underrepresented on the national scale. East you know East Coast, Northeast, and especially New England. So this year we had quite a few. Very high-level competitors from Massachusetts, Rhode Island, um, New Hampshire, and New York, and you know uh, our our administrators, you know, who are part of USA Powerlifting, who are from the Northeast, they're just so ecstatic that we're we're kind of growing and and uh, representing the area. So that that's really cool.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Did you have any? What well, you had a few other lifters down there, correct?
1: Um, I had one other, um, who, uh, was a 83 kilo lifter and he's a friend of mine. And, um, you know, we've kind of, uh, I've helped him out a little bit in the past, but he wasn't a full on, um, athlete wow. at the time. So, yep. um, he, he did well and, um, we're positioning him for massive improvements this year, but, um, Yeah, he he finished, I think, uh, 19th or 20th in the 83s, which is pretty impressive, and we're hoping that we get him into prime time and and same sort of thing, podium finish next year.
0: Yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah. For people listening in that uh, don't have any idea what we're talking about as far as national powerlifting goes, uh, let's talk about the process a little bit. Not the process of training leading up, but just the process itself when you get there. Um, I don't, you know, we have to fly in. I don't know if you're, you have yep. to cut weight or not, or you have to, you know, focus. I don't know where your weight normally sits. Um, for myself, I, I don't really have to cut, but I always get nervous flying because I do get a bit bloated on planes. I feel like a lot of people mm-hmm. might have to deal with that as well. Um, so we get there and then, uh, we have to check in. So let's talk about the process that you go through from, you know, check-ins to rack heights to, Actually, getting on the podium that night. Like, what's the the general yeah. process for people listening in that are like, what the heck is nationals, and what do they do there?
1: <laughs> right. Well, you know, for anybody who's getting involved in in powerlifting or you know wants like wants to be a part of a competitive sport and with weightlifting and stuff, nationals um, has been created to offer just a really you know, entertaining and, you know, just on a massive scale, you know, with spectators and vendors and, you know, it's it's a festival, you know. And so every athlete that I work with, you know, their first goal is to, you know, be able to qualify for nationals and go down. So nationals has been built up and, you know, USAPL has done an amazing job at creating this sort of, you know, Disneyland for powerlifters. Uh, it's a week long and every day there's different competitors and, you know, the way classes are spread out and it's it's definitely a different kind of experience than your local level meet um, in a good way. It's challenging, but it's, it's a lot of fun to be a part of. And so the main thing to talk about is that, you know, when you train and you get ready for a local level meet, every meet in USAPL has... A similar structure you know they have sessions in the morning sessions in the evening and you get used to that when you go to nationals especially if you you know the better you do the later in the day you will likely have to compete so if you're used to competing in the morning as a female athlete and you make a the prime time lineup like meg did um her weigh-in was at six o'clock in the mm-hmm. evening so Yep. Um the whole process of you know of course flying into the you know to the airport, getting to the hotel, trying to make weight fortunately, you know Megan um was roughly at weight for the last four weeks at least to going into national, so she didn't have to cut weight. She actually came in as the lightest um in her weight class for prime time myself, I was down for a week visiting family um so I had the benefit of getting settled in and, and figuring out what was going on with my weight before my session I came in very light as well just because I didn't know um, I'm used to work uh, competing in the evening but you know my weigh-in was at you know 530 and that's that's very late in the day so being able yeah. to judge how many meals you can eat what level of hydration you need you know um, I think we, we both slept in until noon the day of our competition I usually wake up at you know five six o'clock in the morning so trying to sleep in until noon so i wouldn't spend a whole day without eating um is challenging so you know as far as the process of getting to the meet and doing that they all follow the usapl uh protocols you know, you have weigh-ins two hours before you compete and you have to have your equipment checked to make sure it's all uh appropriate and and allowable um you declare your openers and, you know, hop onto the equipment and see what um, settings you want the bench racks on and the squat racks on to make sure that it's comfortable. Um, but they do a fantastic job down there. I mean, a lot of it is digital. You you, you can submit all that information on computers. It's very streamlined, very professional, and uh, it is very, very entertaining as a spectator uh, as well as as an athlete, so...
0: Yeah, I, uh, for people listening in with the whole weigh-in deal at USEPL is always a two-hour weigh-in, which is a whole lot different than some other uh, powerlifting, which you can weigh in the night before, or it's a completely different deal, and uh, I'm used to 57 kilogram girls and like local and regional level meets always lift in the morning. We are always, uh, the first session. So we start lifting usually at nine o'clock in the morning. I've never been to a meet where it's done differently, uh, with nationals the last two years, cause I went in 2016 as well. 57 kilogram girls were always an afternoon session. I did not make prime time. Um, but I was still lifting. I think we started lifting at two o'clock in the afternoon. So my way in was around noon. Um, Mm -hmm. and so that's definitely not bad if you're already at weight but like Nick did I slept in probably till 10 o'clock in the morning um, because I knew that I wasn't going to eat anything before my weigh-ins it was just too close just in case Um, you don't want to be in that situation where you're at nationals and I think this year they allowed you to swap weight classes um, which is a different thing because last year you were you were out. If you did not make your weight, you didn't list. I don't believe.
1: So, I mean, I can't speak on last year as I wasn't um, – I didn't attend. But yeah. typically, you know, the way USAPL works is that if you miss your weigh-in, you have to – you always get promoted to the next weight class. Like they um, – as far as local and state and regional level meets um, – right. They, they would simply just, you know, put you in the next mm-hmm. session. And so, right. um, like I said, I, I can't, you know, confirm what they did last year, but that seems a little bit, uh, I'm not sure. But this year, yeah. if you you know, if you weighed in uh, over, you know, obviously they're not sending you on your way and having you pack your bags, but you may be lifting in a different session than you thought you were if you blew your weight, so.
0: Yeah. Definitely not worth it, though. I mean, uh, you know, for for me, and I I was very light. I wasn't the lightest out of all 57 kilos, but I was one of the lightest for sure. I weighed in at 55.3 um, mm-hmm. for 57. So something that I need to work on is uh, probably boosting my weight up to about 58 kilograms, and then just dropping to 57 uh, for me to help you me know, out a little bit. But that's yeah.
1: Go ahead. That's 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 usually. A good idea. Most of my athletes, I try to have them train at uh, usually like one to two percent higher than their maximum weight class body weight. So, if your max weight class is one twenty five, you know you could probably get up as high as one twenty eight, one twenty nine without without being too um, worried about being able to make weight. But you know, the closer you are, the better because that's you know, that that's just showing that you're performing at that weight. You know, sometimes when people do more extreme weight cuts, you know, sometimes I've seen even on a two-hour weigh-in, you know, five to 10-pound um, weight cuts the day of, not even, you know, dieting in, just the 24 hours, you know, from dehydrating and rehydrating. We've seen, you know, a 10-pound swing. Um, you have to be really confident that you're going to be able to put your body through that. And sometimes you don't know if you... Um, compete at two hundred pounds, and you have to cut to one eighty five and the weights that you train with at two hundred pounds you know might not be there at one eighty five so you have to be prepared to absorb uh, a certain percent of losses as well and that can be very strategic you know the main thing with nationals is that when you are When you qualify, you know, before you can qualify, the goal is to qualify. You know, body weight doesn't really matter. You just want to get the highest Wilkes, the highest total that you possibly can. Um, And when you get to nationals, it's the same thing. You want to just keep improving, keep improving. When you get to the prime time, top 10, you know, stuff like that, I mean, there really is – a lot of strategy involved for getting the highest possible placing. And with my athletes, you know, I have a team of about 15 active competing powerlifters right now. And, um, most of them are actively working up to being able to qualify for nationals next year. We hope to bring down at least six people next year. Um, but the whole process for them is just, just getting stronger, getting stronger, performing better, building lean muscle, you know, improving their body composition. And then when they get to a point like Meg was, you know, we have to look at it and say, okay, the strategy involved is getting our best effort for that, for the American record on squat. That was a big deal for us, making sure that, you know, she took it out of meet, she took it in training, um and the day of we gave her the best warm up and attempts to prepare her for that. Then going into bench press, she went two for three. So um she didn't get as high as we had hoped at the end of two lifts. Then going into deadlift, we we had to pick our attempts very well because we needed her to get the heaviest possible weight, but to secure the highest aggressive as well. Um because if she missed the lift then we wouldn't we wouldn't have finished on the podium, so you know strategy there is a lot of strategy involved for these these competitive meets um and and it's not it's never too early to start thinking about that you know going nine for nine is um a great goal for athletes at any level because the more competitive you are, i mean you only get judged on the total that you make, not the total that you attempt so right and making oh, and sure think- that you Go ahead.
0: No, I, I was just going to piggyback on that and say I think um, coming from working with some, some younger lifters, um, it, it can be difficult for them in their first couple of meets to really understand that there's, there's a process behind it and what the goal is. The goal is to hit PRs, but the goal is to come out with the highest total you can possibly have. So it's not about right. throwing around numbers. And caring what the guy, I mean, obviously with prime time, it, it's a slightly different, but as I'm talking like local level meets, um, uh, for newbie lifters and we don't care what the kid before you just put on the bench, I, you know, it's, it's, we have to stick with a specific plan to get you the best total you can possibly right. have. And it's, it's not always the strongest person that ends up winning.
1: Um, Right, right. You know, sometimes it can be the the person that has the best game
0: (laughs) plan.
1: Yeah. Right, yeah, you interviewed Zach a few months ago, and, you know, uh, Zach Cooper is a great coach and a great referee, and, you know, he's, you know, all of the well-established coaches, you know, in the world, really, they're the thing that really sets them above as sort of game day or meet day coaches is they understand that, the athletes have to make their attempts. And, you know, unseasoned competitors and coaches, you know, really they they don't really have as much experience. It's more difficult to read situations. And, you know, there, there's this kind of, there's this joke meme about, you know, YOLO attempts, you know, the, you only live once, right? So, uh, you know, and in the gym, you know, you see people do what we would call a YOLO attempt all the time and it's not appropriate, you know, the YOLO attempt is like the number you pull out of your rear end, you know, at the end of the day, because that's what you have to do to win. And, you know, it's okay in meets, you know, even local level meets to kind of, you know, put yourself in situations never too early to be competitive, you know, um, if you've got uh, somebody who maybe they're not even qualified for nationals, but if they're at third place at a local meet and if they, you know, do on a deadlift, you know, maybe like a reach number by a couple of kilos and they could pull themselves into second or first, you know, it's okay, you know, depending on the situation, you want to give them that opportunity to be clutch and come out with, you know, a big win. And at the national level, we see that all the time. In my weight class, we had three guys who have all gone to world. They've all medaled at world. They're three of the best powerlifters of all time, regardless of, you know, decade or or age group or weight class or whatever. They're just three of the best, period. So, personally, for my competition, you know, I, I had my work cut out for me because these guys were all head and shoulders above the rest of the weight class. And, you know, not even talking about myself, but, you know, they had a situation where the three guys, Bryce Lewis, Garrett Blevins, and Eli Burks, they were in a situation where whoever made their third deadlift was going to win. That, that's literally yeah. how that competition played out. Whoever made the third deadlift won, and both Garrett and Eli missed their third deadlift, so Bryce won. Yeah. Um, and that's just uh, uh, anybody who watched or, you know, the, all of the videos are hosted, and if you're interested in the sport and you want to go back and you want to see how high-level strategy plays out in powerlifting, you watch the 2017-105, kilo nationals and you see those three guys jockey their attempts and you know go back and forth and you know very strategically pick out what they're going to do and you know and and who actually executes and and it's all right there you know so yeah very very cool to be a part of that
0: yeah it's very cool to watch it uh (laughs) what i think we started to touch it Touch on it a little bit, kind of throughout the show uh, in the New England area, just powerlifting and and how it's up and coming and getting so much better lifters coming out of the area. But I know you and I had spoken different times regarding the state of New Hampshire itself and and sure. really promoting powerlifting in the state of New Hampshire, especially with the uh, younger kids that are really getting into it. Um, and I know you're currently working with a couple young kids, and, and what's your thought? What, yep. what are kind of your goals as far as spreading spreading powerlifting amongst New Hampshire?
1: So, New Hampshire obviously not a very populous state, um, but uh, that aside, we are very very low in the number of competitors, you know, coming from this area, and that's a shame um, because the, you know, Boston is not so far away and, you know, mass lift, which is the um, USAPL derivative that runs meets in the Boston area. um, They, they are so good, so professional, so um, involved that, you know, a lot of the people who ran those meets are now operating on the national level and bringing that scale to national level meets. So we've always had access to them Um, Mike Zawalinski and some of the other guys, you know, they they ran meets in New Hampshire. But the problem is that, you know, they bring a couple of meets to New Hampshire and, um, you know, but they they didn't really have a foothold. So um, generating interest and promoting and creating places that were... You know, not even just like powerlifting friendly gyms, but, you know, places of information, places people could go for coaching or for, you know, instruction. And, you know, uh, so I I think last year, I believe we only had about, you know, 75 registered in the entire state across all weight classes, gender and age, which is very, very small. And um, this year, I believe we have 140. Um, so Liz Smullen and um, Cindy Tilton, who are the chair and co-chair of USAPL New Hampshire, respectively, um, they're doing an awesome job training up referees, um, trying to um, get more meets sanctioned. Last year, I believe we only had three meets in New Hampshire. This uh, For 2018, we already have three meets scheduled for the first half of the year. Um, so they're very energetically trying to Um, create the events, um, which is a big deal because the more events we have, the more people will attend these events. But uh, from a grassroots level, you know, there are no real powerlifting gyms in New Hampshire. There are some powerlifting friendly gyms, um, but there there just really wasn't much out there. So, You know, I grew up in Nashua, New Hampshire, which is right on the mass border, southern New Hampshire, and I've done piloting forever. And um, just recently with this this, growing interest and myself becoming, you know, more invested and more competitive, you know, I'm trying personally to reach out to gyms in the area and um, at least try to guide them and, you know, work out these – opportunities for us to do classes and um, outreach events to attract people to um, give powerlifting a shot, you know, and on a base level, squatting, benching, deadlifting are just great exercises that pretty much everybody, every person should have in their general exercise program. Um, So even beyond powerlifting, you know, the sport itself and the exercises that comprise that sport have value to the average person So we're just Absolutely. really trying to just pump pump it up and get as many people um, interested as possible because there's a lot of great lifters out here and you know they deserve a chance to showcase their abilities.
0: And a lot of times they don't know. I mean, unless you try something, you don't know if you're going to be good at it. So just having the ability to um, make more gym time available and the introduction, especially for younger lifters that might have not thought about this before, um, what I found is just, I was working with uh, my stepson and his friend, and they're wrestlers at uh, Hudson, New Hampshire, and uh, Hudson, New Hampshire, again, right on the mass border, and they had never really been through a lifting program, and so I was just programming for them to get stronger, not for powerlifting Mm -hmm. specifically, Um, and as they were going, they were astounded just as new lifters, especially young guys, uh, their PRs upon PRs, I wish I was that age again because, you know, the, the rapid growth in just the first six months was amazing. Uh, of course, it always comes to a plateau, but um, they were just amazed at how far they had come in a short amount of time. And then, you know, randomly it was they, they had a friend, uh, Andrew, who Nick is currently working with, and he does powerlifting, and he goes to the same high school, and maybe we can do a powerlifting meet. And, of course, that made me very happy. And, uh, just, they didn't know, I mean, just taking them through the experience. And I think what, you know, one of them was after they did their first meet, that was so much fun. When can we do it again? And they never would have even thought to do a powerlifting meet like it, you know, so just the introduction and, and then you kind of get hooked on it. And it's, I think a great thing, especially for young men and women to be involved in. And I'm very happy at what Nick's doing and, just seeing the the growth, and I was uh, just astounded at just seeing a bunch of teen lifters now coming out. When the last meet that I was at with them, I, I think that's awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's a big youth movement in the sport, and you know, powerlifting isn't has been around for a long time. But you know, prior to, I mean, really, you know, it it, it goes to USAPL, you know, to promoting the um, the drug free you know aspect of the sport and lifelong um athleticism you know it's very attractive for people to get into and um you know now we're seeing you know they they offer the the team competitions and the junior competitions and uh, offering a track for younger people to get involved early and you know something that they can do over the course of their whole life you know they don't necessarily well, they don't age out of it at all, you know, and like you said, your stepsons they wrestle, and wrestling is a, is a fantastic sport for um, people to be involved in, and, you know, as adults, you know, they may find that um, they continue to do that at local gyms, or maybe they don't because the opportunities aren't, you know, as they were in high school, and with most sports, we see that, you know, gymnastics and soccer and, you know, pretty much anything, if you don't go pro in it, um, when you go to your everyday life and you have a job and you know a family and stuff like that it's harder to stay involved with those sports so powerlifting is great because it gives you a competitive outlet and it's very challenging and it offers unlimited progression and um it's something that you can do forever you know as long as your your body you know you're smart with your body and you um are capable of doing the lifts and there's no, there's no end to it. And I think that's something that a lot of people find attractive with the sport is that there really is that aspect of just unlimited progression. And, um, you know, it's great. We just have to continue to promote it and give people the opportunity to try it out.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, before we wrap up for the day, what are some of your goals going forward? Do you have 2018 nationals? Insight for yourself? Are you taking a year off and and just working No, definitely what are, what are not your taking goals? a
1: year off. Um, right. So I, I I've got uh, I've got my own family to worry about, and um, I've got a daughter who's turning three in a few days, and uh, another one on the way. And I I figured that you know when they're young, that's my best chance to um, be competitive. Um, fortunately, I can make my own schedule at work, and I spend a lot of time with my family, but. Um, when they get older and they 're doing their sports and stuff i I plan on being less selfish with my training time and competition so um, as of right now i 'm hoping to have my most competitive year ever um, twenty seventeen was fantastic, and um, i I grew about you know ten percent overall and you know there 's no signs knock on wood of slowing down and i 'm hoping you know, my—I well, mean, you'll have me on record as saying it. So I, I really will have the pressure <laughs> to perform. But um, I'm hoping on taking the both the American and the world records in the bench press for my weight class, um, and I thoroughly plan on competing for the number one spot in my weight class at nationals next year. So I have to make a lot of improvements, and and that's there, and that's going to take a lot of work. But that's uh, clearly not an unreasonable goal based on previous performances. So that's that's where I'm at. And
0: that's awesome. And one thing that I definitely want to point out, something that you did that we haven't even talked about but that I saw you post on, is that at the beginning, I believe, of 2017, you had written down what your goals were for the year. Right. Correct. Yeah. You had made a post yep. about it and then – you ended up accomplishing those. And whether you accomplish them or not, uh, that is something that high-level athletes always do. Uh, Putting things in writing, writing it down, making it become a reality, that's huge. And um, so for anyone listening in, it doesn't matter if it's a small goal of I want to be able to bench press 95 pounds by the end of the year or a large goal like setting an American or world record. If you write it down, you're more apt to continually remind yourself every day because it's a tough thing to stay motivated day in and day out. That can be hard. Um, a, a lot of times as a power lifter, you're lifting by yourself or you're lifting with other people, but they're not exactly doing the same thing. It's a little bit different than, let's say, going into a CrossFit gym and doing a group wad. Uh, you really have to stay self-motivated through the process, and in writing things down and reminding yourself each day of what your goals are is huge. So I thought that was—I I really liked that post that you had made because that's a—that's yeah. a huge thing that a lot of elite elite athletes do. So
1: for sure, yeah, awesome. a mix of short-term yep. and long-term goal setting. You know, set big goals, but also understand that it's a series of little steps that get you there. Absolutely.
0: Well, as we wrap up the show, thank you for joining me on a Sunday morning. I know the busy family life and, and work life, and I appreciate you taking the time out, and I, uh, I saved myself at the beginning because, so before the show, and, and listeners know this, I hate butchering people's names. Hate it. So if I'm not <laughs> confident saying your name going in, I won't say your name at all. Um, so I didn't, I, for years, and I've known Nick in his name, and I want to say Judice or uh, not Goodis. I, I want to say like guidance, which there's no "n" in your last name at all, so I don't know where I would have come up with that. But uh, thank you for uh, coaching me on your name, and then I got nervous and I was like, oh, "Screw it, I'm not even saying it."
1: Hey, you but, gotta uh, perform okay. under pressure. But uh, for all the, the listeners or anybody, uh, for anybody who's just curious, it's it's Goodice, Nicholas Goodis, and I'm on uh, Gideas. Gideas. Instagram, you know, Facebook, and my my company for consulting is Nutrifit NutriFit Consulting. So um, anybody who uh, is interested in, in the, you know, Southern New Hampshire area, um, feel free to reach out. I'd be happy to, to talk to anybody. So thank you so much for having me, Melinda. I had a lot of fun. Thank you for coming
0: on. We'll definitely do shows in the future. And um, good luck heading into your 2018 season.
1: Appreciate
0: it. Good luck to okay. you too. Right. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.